Okay, this is Jason Albert, and you are listening to the Devin Kershaw Show with our wrap-up of the Dresden City Sprint, which was an actual team sprint today, skate style. And here is our debrief with Devin. Okay, so I have to admit something here. Um, I think I've been butchering uh, the the winner of yesterday's skate sprint and the, also the winner uh, of today's team sprint, Lucas Shanova. And I think I've mis- been mispronouncing it, Shavana. Yeah, so like my French obviously wasn't very good. How was your French? Um, yeah, no, I actually went to school in French, so my French is good. Like yeah. an actual French immersion school? Yeah, I actually went like in elementary school, I went to French school. And then and then uh, bilingual, then like the French immersion in high school. Did, did you guys so. speak French in the house? No, not in the house. My, par- my mom could speak okay French when I was growing up, um, but... Now she probably like her French. Sorry, mom. Yeah, I love you, honey. But it's it was a, it was a bad French there. But <laughs> now, but uh, but as, as a kid, it was good. So yeah, no, it was uh, yeah. But Sudbury, Ontario, where I grew up, is it's the the city itself. Like Greater Sudbury is fifty percent French. So there's some of the outlying smaller communities. When I played hockey, like people like stores and everything are one hundred percent in French. So we're actually fairly close to the Quebec border, just in the northern part. So. Yeah, so it's people don't understand that, but there's like French universities in Sudbury, and no, there's a very, very big uh, Franco francophone community in where I grew up, like huge, half the city. Okay, because when I think of Sudbury, I, I sort of think of or envision. No, no, Hick. We're talking Hick hockey. That's what you think. I hope. Yeah, I think I was thinking mullet. That's what came to mind. Mullet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Mullet and the stash and hockey and like Labatt Fifty like or labat blue like that's what you're thinking and that's what it is oh it is re- oh oh yeah dude it's rough it's a rough I, sorry for people that are listening from Sudbury, but like you don't need to go vacation there you don't you live in bend it's nice <laughs> okay so let's circle back to the french i, I need to read you something here okay so i'm going to read you this email Kevin. okay Okay, and we got this from a faster skier reader. And again, I take responsibility, but it says, here's what it says. You guys are mispronouncing the name of French, French skier Lucas Shanova. And then there's a Wikipedia link to his page. Oh, yeah. Shanova. Yeah, Shanova. And we're probably saying Shanova. Quote, you are reversing the N and V and pronouncing it Shavana, like it rhymes with Kavanaugh. And that was, you know, that that uh, Supreme Court pick. Yeah, Brett Kavanaugh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not right. going to go into, but anyway. Yeah, well, that was a, that was a miss, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> it goes on further. It says, but the N comes first, not the V. Shanava. Shanava. Ask a French speaker to pronounce for you. So just to kind of out myself here, I did horribly in high school French. Um, I really struggled with it. Studied Chinese in college, much better for me. French, not so much. And you know what's brutal? I'm I'm fluent in French. I'm fluent in French. So like this is a, you know what? All I can say is je m'excuse. Like that. That's a. I'm sorry. That uh, that is a big swing and a miss by us. Yeah, but honestly, I feel like I need to take the blame for this one. No, no, no. Don't take the fault. No, no, no. Let's both. It says you guys. I'll take. I'll take the blame and like. Yeah, just say it, say it one more time. Shanava. Shanava. But you know what? Even still, we should know better. Je m'excuse. Very sorry. That 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 is inexcusable for me. Who, yeah, that my all my French teachers throughout every single year of school I did would be, 
very disappointed in me. And uh, as would as would Alex, as would Alex. He doesn't listen to this probably because he's he's like working and stuff. But still, <laughs> my French teachers would say, "Yeah, this is what we expect." Yeah, yeah, exactly. My French teachers would okay. Well, then, and it sounds like I was better in French than you, but still, <laughs> I'm just gonna go by his first name there. Now, Lucas, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Luca, though. Then you have to go like Luca. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about uh, this Frenchman who just had a lovely weekend. I mean, he is a just really great weekend. A really great, like solid, smooth skate skier to watch. Really beautiful in one skate. Oh, so solid in his one skate and. Like he is just so stable, and when he turns on the jets, when Shanava turns on the jets, it, he leaves people in the dust. And I thought today, there's like, there's actually a few things I'm actually kind of excited to talk to you about today. I was like really not looking forward to today. I'm like, who cares? But we have some things to unpack. But but the last 200 meters, when he turned on the jets, and Scar was in the absolute perfect position and got blown off the podium like like scar locked up and he said it himself in the post-race interviews in norwegian he, he's like i just wasn't strong enough today and and he wasn't i was surprised because he you know what scar had a great race yesterday i know he won last year but coming second yesterday he he looked good and today good position but yeah man shanava was just unstoppable and so solid with the technique and those are hard conditions to to nail your technique and look pretty and he was able to do that. So a, a, a great race by France. And, you know, it was pretty interesting to see Rativik, uh pip both Norwegian teams right at the end there. Like he really came online big time in the last 50 meters of that race. Just, you know, I thought he was done for. I'm like, at the back corner, I'm like, well, Gleb is so fast, but ugh, he's just out of position. And, and uh, the two Norwegian teams, they just, they, they struggled in that last 100 meters or the other teams around them were just that much better today in the in the sprint finish. But uh, and that was actually a super fun uh, team sprint finish to watch. Oh, really was. No, it was a good finish. And here's the thing. Have you ever seen a team sprint where they do six laps each? No, I, that completely caught me off guard. I could, yeah, I was a little bit confused by that initially. So, so they were doing they were doing six laps each. They were exchanging every single every single lap. Am I seeing this right? Like I don't feel that far removed from cross country skiing. The team sprint was probably my best event, even though I think it's boring to watch. I do enjoy competing in it, and I'm like the women are exchanging every heat. So at first, I'm like, okay, okay, all oh, the women are only doing one lap. This race is going to be even more boring than I anticipated because it's going to be over in like six minutes. And in the end. They then like exchange six went by and then we're into exchange seven. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And then by the end, and then by the end, I'm like, oh, they each did six laps each, which, you know what? Pretty, I liked it. Good on you, Fist. I thought it made for a much more exciting race, especially on that Dresden course. Because it meant that there was at least some fight for positioning every lap. When they do the two lap course, that, that whole like lap, first lap and a half is just a comfort cruise. And then they position themselves for the exchange. But when you only have one lap, and like you said yesterday, you know, that oval, that oval lap, 650 meters, I mean, 
you can't be sleeping. You you can't be caught sleeping. And you saw teams that that were caught sleeping a little bit and and missed their positioning. And and sadly, like you miss your positioning if you're not in that top four or five uh, for the whole way till the last couple of laps. Like you're you're not you have no chance in hell to get on the podium. So I I, I liked it. I really liked that the fans were out. The sun was shining in Germany. What's up with that? That was weird. And I thought it was a much better, yeah, I thought it was a better event today. Honestly, conditions looked worse. <laughs> Snow conditions looked worse, but the, but the, the event itself was, was a better, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised and, and lots of fun stuff. The men we just talked about now, but the women, I thought, again, the, the two athletes of the weekend for me, Dahlqvist, wow, so good. I, I know, I know I'm singing her praises and she was only third yesterday. But still, no, no, but no, 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 but still, she was skiing so beautiful. And today, taking early digs in that final to ski away and just so powerful, finishing her kicks really well, really like on her poles, really great position, high hip position. And then uh, Lynn Svon, she has ice in her veins because, I mean, she just, she, she was like, I'm just going to play this tactically. Or maybe she just didn't have the same confidence that Dalkist had. Either way, Coming down to a sprint, like Fenrik, what a great finish by Fenrik and great last lap. I mean, Switzerland's been third and second in, in these World Cup team sprints and it's thanks to it's it's thanks to Fenrik both times. I mean, she's been skiing so well and I mean, Svan and, won. And she gapped right up on that last totally, lap. Totally, exactly. And not only that, like it was a sprint finish, the full lunge, like the full deal. Svan wasn't safe winning that. I mean, she won in the end. But I wouldn't say that she was stronger than Swan on that last lap. I would say absolutely she wasn't. But I'm just saying, like, in the final itself, like, I thought Fenrik was skiing super, super well. And and bringing it to a sprint with the young Swede, first-year senior, two World Cup victories already individually in skate sprints, and then you make up ground on her and then force it right to a lunge finish, pretty exciting. Both both races were exciting. I need to do one quick shout-out. Oh. The Canadian women, it was going to be so good. They skied so well in their semi. They did everything they needed to do, except for the point that that semi was driving Miss Daisy. And the semi they were in were so bad, man. They were going so slow. So, uh, yeah, third in their semi, they were like 0.64 off the lead. So they were like right in it. And you know what? That's always true. Yeah, Daria and Catherine Stewart-Jones. So I'm, I'm really tipping my hat. Eric Broughton, good job, the coach there now in Canada, and Joel Jakes, the whole team. I miss those guys, and they had a great, they, they had a great semifinal. They did everything right. It's just that they were crawling, like not not just not Daria and Catherine. Their whole heat was just crawling. Yeah, and the other thing that I think I'm was confused on uh, beyond uh, each athlete doing one lap and tagging off, as opposed to the usual two laps and then tagging was the fact that I had assumed and thought that the rules were still the top two teams in each semifinal advanced and then a certain subset uh, below that of lucky losers from each respective semifinal went not all the lucky loser a uh, lucky losers coming from one specific or the fastest heat no that's where you're wrong that is that's been a oh yeah yeah, no, it, it, they've changed the rules over the years, 
but all last year was the same. The top two teams from each semifinal advance and then the six fastest times. But that has changed a lot since the team sprint came in. Yeah, and all of the lucky losers, all six, all those lucky loser team sprint teams came from one specific semifinal. From exactly that one semifinal, exactly. And they were way faster, man. It wasn't just like a little bit faster. They were like, it wasn't even close. It wasn't, you couldn't even look at that. Like my heart broke for the Canadian women because I think they, ski, I, thought, I thought they skied well. They did everything right. They put themselves in position and it was a great race. They stayed out of trouble. Lots of good things happening, especially for Daria. We didn't mention Daria yesterday, but she's qualified in three out of three sprints and the, the Canadian team has no money and, <laughs> and really has to pick the races now. And Daria has stepped up this year. When you're qualifying in every sprint you do, that's, that's a good step. And Dresden is a good course for her. She was 16th last year at it. And her qualifier was solid, you know, like not amazing, but solid enough, like better than her last two qualifiers, which were right on the bubble. And then, then she, then she crashed. She has been doing really well and I didn't give her any airtime yesterday, but the reason for that is of course she fell and there were some other falls, but I mean, we spent a lot of time you and I on, on Pellegrino's fall because that was very dramatic. And then, and then she studs fall that involved Julie Kern and and that whole thing but daria also fell in her in her quarterfinal yesterday we didn't mention it and she kind of did it to herself like it wasn't wasn't that wasn't much of a story there but she's had a she's had a good she's had a good season so far nothing crazy yet but qualifying in three to three sprints really solid and in the team sprint today great races by both canadians catherine and daria but they just got unlucky, man. Their 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 semifinal was just crawling, and that is a bummer because that there's not much you can do there, especially if you're a young Canadian team. It's not it's well, it's not you. It's not it's not really for you to take the take the initiative. And I'm not even sure they were strong enough to take the initiative. If I'm being perfectly frank, so that was just a bit of bad luck. But coming back to the rules, no, it all last year was like that as well. Top two teams in each semifinal and then the six fastest. So no, but they changed it all the time. It used to be the three fastest times, three fastest in each heat. Then at one point it was four fastest in each heat and then two fastest times. So they've, they've really played around with that. But last year it was two fastest times in, in each heat, in each semi, sorry. And then the, and then the six fastest times. And, and I mean, in Dresden today, in the women's side, all, all of them, coming from one semifinal, like eight teams. Cross-country skiing isn't that deep in the team sprint, I'm sorry to say, especially in the women, it just isn't. And like eight teams come out of one semi and Canada's third, 0.64 seconds off the lead in their semi, ski great and get left out. That just, that just, that's a heartbreaker. It is. Maybe I never noticed it because there was more equity. Yeah, eight teams from one, yeah. Yeah, no, but, yeah. No, but it's never happened in the women's it's never happened in the women's race especially because of the fact that in the women's field like eight teams coming through in a in a semifinal and team sprint like usually the eighth team in a semifinal in the women's side is like 30 odd seconds back. Maybe there needs to be like an asterisk rule yeah. where if there's an imbalance where it's like the not so lucky loser but but you're in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the hell of a race. race yeah, in. like the hell of a race. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, for sure. I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah, so those were the things that were a little confounding to me today when I was trying to figure out, like, wait, why didn't Canada advance and why are there all these teams? Yeah. Um, uh, I caught that and I've, oh my, I was so bummed because, like, Daria and Catherine keep keep on rocking in the free world. That It's going well. You guys ski great. And um, while there's not many team sprints left in the year slash none, uh, there's a lot of other great races and both were skiing well today. So it should be fun to cheer them on. Okay. Well, wow, okay. That was a lot more exciting than I thought it was going to be. Honestly, like way more me too. I thought this thing was going to be a bore. I wasn't looking forward to it. Uh, we've talked about the team sprints before, like, but this was a great solution. A absolutely great solution. Fist. Yes. That's what's up. When you have a short course like this, don't make it a two lap. Like everyone goes zone two and just like skis around chill. It was awesome. Everyone was fighting for position. Uh, even though the pace wasn't guts out from the first lap as it never is in team sprint, but to have that those small games for positioning and, and just seeing, like we just said, like Shanova and, and uh, Dahlqvist today skiing so beautifully skiing big again. Did you notice that after we talked about that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. They take up I mean, a lot of space. Yep. They're hard to get around and they have a ton of power and it converted into two victories for both uh, the men and the women there. So that was, that was cool to see. Okay. So uh, there was one thing. Oh yeah. There was a stat I wanted to mention um, that came across in like the fist feed and I included it in sort of the rundown this morning. Um, Sweden has won seven of the last eight women's team sprint world cup events. This includes the last five in succession. That's a streak. Yeah, that's dominance. Yeah, that's a-, a dominant streak. And like we've been talking about you and I, Jason, all season long, the Swedish women, the young Swedish women sprint team, can't be stopped, won't be stopped. Yeah, but and I guess we why all can't... talk about Norway. Yeah, exactly. Norway's... That's my question. Why the can't Norwegian they piece women that together? Just, you know what, man? The Norwegian women just don't have a good sprint team. Like you, uh, it, there's not. I mean, you have Mike and Captain Fala, who is on her best days, the best sprinter in the world. And let's be honest, in the last six, seven years. <laughs> her and Stina have, have dominated the sprint mm-hmm. events. So she's for all intents purposes, the best sprinter in the world. But then after her, man, like start digging. I mean, really digging because it's thin. It's super thin in Norway. And I would say the second best women's sprint team in, in the world is bar none, the U S and they had a, they had a solid race today too. Fifth. I know we expect more, but like they, they raced solid. They just got a bit caught out with positioning, right? That's what I saw. So I think Julia Kern, Julia, and I did not catch this. I had to confirm this with Matt Wickham. Uh, Julia Kern snapped the pole pretty late in the race. Yeah, and that's not going to help your positioning. But at the same time, they skied the entire, the entire thing in the thick of it, like in the middle, and it's hard to move from the middle to the front. And you saw a lot of guys, the Swedes that were on the podium in the men's on the last lap, the dude smoked, snapped a pole. But when yeah. it's only one lap each time, yeah. That saves you. That saves you because they was, he skied like 150 meters, 200 meters into the exchange with a broken pole, and he didn't lose his position. That we lost like one spot positionally, but uh, but fifth for, fifth for Julia and and Sophie. That's a solid day. Solid day. Yeah. So yesterday in the sprint with was, an accident, with an accident. Yeah, with sorry, an accident. Sorry to keep cutting you off. That's no, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say this one more time. Hold on, Shanava. Yeah, I'll shut up. Shanava. Yeah, Shanava. How'd that Shanava. go? Good. That was That's pretty good. good right? Shanava. 
Oh, it's really good. Okay. It's great. I'm, it's, it, I have to say, like, I have to sort of get my gumption up to that. Yeah, say. yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, I was going to say that yesterday in the men's race, uh, I forget who it was. It was a Norwegian who snapped a pole like halfway through the first lap and hung in there. Like he actually. Yeah, Tugbo. That was Hovard. Yeah. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, that's solid. That was it was it was solid, but it, I, I th- this is probably the only course you could probably do that on the planet. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, he, he, it, it's just so hard to do anything. I mean, it's flat. It's you, but yeah, it's like, right. and you don't have no real long straight stretches in this course. It looks like it from the back to the finish line, like that in that oval course from the back of the course to the finish line. It seems like it's long, but it's not like just one straight like highway, three hundred meters. It, there's small undulations in the course and. And that's just enough to make it so that's yeah. If you unless you crash badly, like you're not getting dropped in this course. You know what I mean? Yep. Okay. Final question here. Okay. Okay. Dream City Sprint. I mean, for years you would hear buzz that oh yeah, it's coming to Central Park in big in the Big Apple. Okay. That would be so cool, though, wouldn't it? It would be cool. <laughs> it would be cool, and it w- yeah, it would be cool. I keep on. You don't, thinking- even, you don't even be more cool. Like, you know, the Fifth Avenue Mile in New York City? What about the Fifth Avenue Mile Ski Edition? Yeah. Like, like really bring it. Like, Central Park, like, why don't you just put it like the drag, just like literally the Fifth Avenue Mile, but with snow? Because that's a mile of snow. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't that be cool? It would be cool. Would you, would you, do you think you would come out of retirement for that? No, absolutely. Like, man, I like, absolutely not. I can't, I'm, I, I, I like, Every day I walk up the stairs after sleeping like six, seven hours. I know I'm never coming out of retirement. You know what I'm doing tomorrow? My semester starts again in Oslo. So like I'm waking up in the fives and taking the train in to study chemistry and integral math and calculus and like, no, no, I'm never going to come out of retirement. But I would love to see it. And But here's the other thing, like there's been a lot of rumors with Central Park and stuff uh, in New York City, but like you with the city sprint, I think a big big thing needs to be the atmosphere and you need to bring the city sprint to places that like, you know, you're going to yes. get buy-in. You're going to, you're going to get real buy-in. And I mean, some of those early years with Dusseldorf, man, that was a scene beer garden, like a real party. And Dresden has been pretty good. And yesterday was not so good, but the weather was pretty bad. And then today was a lot better, but of course it could be better. Right. Like, like you said yesterday, you didn't have like people like just like pandemonium around this whole 650 meter loop. Um, yeah, you think you'd have a couple of beverages and yeah, go totally, watch the sprints. Totally. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, dream, dream city sprint location, man. Like, ah, geez, I don't know. Like, I would love Sudbury. to see it in Central. Yes, Sudbury, Ontario, baby. Sorry. And then, yeah, and then like, then, uh, well, who owns it now? Rio Tinto or it used to be Inco. Anyways, like, it's the biggest, I'll tell you something about Sudbury. It's the biggest nickel deposits on planet Earth. And they used to do like smelting. So they, they slag, they'd like pour slag. So that would be pretty cool, hey? Like you have a city sprint and then they're like just like dumping like red hot slag like all around. Like it looks like Mordor. That'd be that'd be really? a badass city sprint. Oh yeah. I think they, they they don't put it as close to the road anymore. But when right, I was well, a kid, you, was could, a kid, you need to pitch that. I would see that. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh <clears throat> we're not the healthiest city. You can check up the stats, but I think Sabri is the highest incidence of heart disease in all of Canada. It's a, you, I don't think cross-country ski city sprint is, is going to make the cut. Dude, you're like, are you an outlier there? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, big time. <laughs> big time. Okay. All so, right. 
but they have a great um, ski community though they do they do have a great ski cool. community and we had even though our club was tiny when i grew up Lorenzo nordic we were mini and we didn't have many people but we the people we did have were very passionate and we had some great results in the uh in the junior class for like club the the club rankings even though we had such like a huge disadvantage so shout out to Sabri back in the days but it's fallen it's fallen down a little bit with the with the racing side anyway do you have a trail named after you oh no, uh, yeah i do actually oh god i do yeah but that i'm really not supposed to, yeah not not that i'm not supposed well, to you're not anything. supposed to what no no i can i can talk about it all i want but uh, i'm i'm not uh, i'm not alex man i am not uh, i don't like flexing I like to keep a lower profile. Does he, does he have a trail? Oh, yeah. Le Harvey. Absolutely. La Harvey. Sorry. It's, uh, oh, yeah. Named after Alex, not his dad. No, Alex and his dad, but really, like, it's, you know, it's a newer trail. It's a newer trail, so, like, okay. Pierre, like, Pierre can sit down. I mean, Pierre doesn't, Pierre doesn't come in, Pierre doesn't come close to his son as far as, like, ski results or anything. Like, yeah, you won home and call, and that's huge. But I'll tell you, it's even bigger, 50K world champion and like whatever, almost 30 World Cup podiums or whatever he has. Like Pierre has four World Cup podiums. So that, that's not that's not even a Yeah, that 50K was like, that was rad. Okay, in closing, which is the Burleader trail? Harvey, Kershaw. Oh, Harvey by far. Oh, dude, Harvey comes from like, Harvey comes from Mont St. Anne and like Mont St. Anne is some of the best skiing on planet Earth when it's not minus 35. Uh... No, but it is. Like, the trail systems in Mont Saint-Anne are just so amazing. They're so beautiful. The, the Kershaw Trail is like, it's, it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a true to form. There it's you scrappy. go. It's a scrap. It's just, a, it's just a couple K of scrappy skiing. <laughs> so, like, which is perfect. Whereas, like, Alex's Trail is, like, maybe one of the most beautiful 15K loops you'd ever think of. You know what I mean? And it's, like, Piston Billy groomed. Yours is groomed with, like, a... Oh, yeah. Piston. Oh, yeah. Piston, piston Billy groomed. Like and yours is groomed with, like, a... A mattress? Yeah, when we have snow, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. On a burning mattress. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it just melts that that top layer of the snow, just that little bit. So like, uh, just to flatten it out, that take away the pollution of oh, that right. uh, smelting process. It's sulfur. Yeah, exactly. So no, but it's a no, no. It's it's a non-starter. Just like there's no comparison between me and Alex on the result sheet. There's also no comparison on the, on the trails named after All us. Right. Well, so, you have a great yeah. rest of your evening. It's late and have a yeah, good train ride you. tomorrow. Yeah. Thanks. Oh yeah. I'm going to get my, uh, get back in the groove, the commuting groove will be, I would like to say it's fun, but it's what has to be done. So. All right. Good luck. We'll uh, stay positive. Okay.